Hello, you're listening to Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! Today's episode is a discussional podcast episode. We talk about the news that seems important to us, dive into our community, answer some great questions from our community members, and then say goodbye. So, Chris, how was the last two weeks? Doing pretty good. Good? That's awesome. I had a mental breakdown last week. <laughs> well, kind Thank of you. understandable. Thank you, YouTube. Thank you, YouTube, and not recognizing fair use as usual. Keep it up. Keep it up. Now, it's, um, it was sad because it was literally, I got a, well, I didn't know about it until the next day, but yeah, I got a, we got a copyright strike on our YouTube channel for using a screenshot. It's always good. Always fun to know that. So yeah, I had to reevaluate everything last week and had to think a lot because that was heavy on my mind, but um I think I got everything sorted out at this point. I think <laughs> I pretty much posed a question to everybody on uh, the YouTube channel. Like I put a poll up and I was like, Hey, do you guys even care that there's screenshots in the videos? Cause I don't know that I can continue doing this. So, and mostly everybody was like, yeah, just, we don't care. <laughs> just, we want to hear your voice. We want to hear what you have to say about things. And I'm like, Oh, shucks. You don't, you don't click on my videos just to get a little screen. A, a slideshow oh <laughs> that makes sense but now it's kind of like it sucks because my mentality is like well i i understand the idea of like you just watched the episode why would you need screenshots in the my impressions video for it? you've already seen the show i hope you've watched the show but at the same time for like reviews and first impressions i'm like i kind of need something because people want to know what the show looks like so i've kind of decided to do like a panning screenshots here and there in the videos at least and hopefully that aspect of them being cropped and panning shots that it won't be picked up by the algorithm but i don't know we'll see we'll see (laughs) but yeah all my like episode by episode impressions i'll be doing like nothing just to kind of avoid it because it always seems like it's always the later episodes that i start getting strikes or at least copyright claims so maybe it's a I know that some companies have, like, serious issues with spoilers and stuff. And it's like, well, it's an impression video, so it's, they've watched the episode. So it's not like I'm spoiling anything. So I don't know. 
it sucks. Like I said, usual as usual, YouTube pretty much just taking the side of the copyright holder and not really even looking into the thing. Like I said, it was it was literally a strike. There was no questions, no conversation, just boom, strike. It's like, wow, that's it's cool to know. That's cool to know that a company can literally say, you know, you're using my stuff and just strike you down if they want to. I mean, granted, I don't see, you know, a Japan TV studio, which was what it was, going over here and going, hmm, this guy's talking bad about our show. Strike. It's more of a thing that the algorithm picks it up and they're... They can sometimes set it to where it just immediately strikes you. And it's like, that's just... Most of the companies, like Anaplex, I've gotten claims from them. Um, what was the other one? Ponycan with, um, I believe, Odd Taxi. Anaplex with Vanitas. Most all of them, they're like... And, and even technically with uh, music, uh, Sony Music Japan. Is it Sony Music Japan? Yeah, Sony, Sony Music Japan. They technically just claimed at first. And it was me counterclaiming that it was fair use that they gave me the strike so so i thought that i could just get away with just if they copyright claim it i'll just take it down but now i know that it's literally they can just strike immediately and that's that's what sucks so because i'm trying to make this a thing and so i can't really have my <laughs> livelihood just getting destroyed but it is what it is I, w- I was i did put it that i was going to start streaming on twitch for our live streams but i went there for a few days did some tales of horizon stuff and I don't know. I decided that I was going to go back to YouTube. Uh, as much as I want to put my eggs in multiple baskets, I just don't. I, I like to be on YouTube because that's where everybody that what you know listens and watches us is already at. So I, I just feel like I'm not really in a. I guess with my people, <laughs> I'm not with our our community when I'm over there on Twitch. So I decided to jump back on there yesterday and set up this podcast, and we'll probably be there again. So I don't know. It's probably not for a good thing to be on YouTube for both live streaming and for our videos. But like I said, I just being with the people that, you know, comment on our videos on a regular basis and has been for us, with us for a while is more important to me. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe YouTube will improve their live streaming platform. And since they got like a whole bunch of money, they just spent on the platform to mm-hmm. get live streamers over here. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But yeah, that's the conundrum. That was my whole last week was dealing with that and uh, some other things. So it's getting there. Hmm. We'll see. I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm hoping that, that I'll have some fun on the, on the stream to today. So we'll see. So that brings me to probably one of the more exciting things regarding our live streaming thing. I am planning. It's probably, I'm not sure if it'll be Wednesday evening so the 22nd or thursday the 23rd i'm planning i'll, I'll put up a, a a planned scheduled live stream but i told some of the people yesterday i'm like you know i'm not really for jumping on bandwagons and technically it's it's a, it's a ship that sailed a long time ago people still do it but i i, I want to do a tier list i i for some reason randomly ran into a 800 plus waifu tier list and i'm like that sounds like a challenge. So I think I'm going to do that. I'm I'm trying to see if our network is good. I think Chris has ended up going to be the test bed today um, to make sure that it's still good. But we had a lot of problems last night with um, some upload hiccups. But I definitely want to do that. And I think that'll be a lot of fun. So people can see how I was scared because I scrolled through it. And I literally am like, I think I recognize every single one of these characters. And that's kind of scary. <laughs> I, was, I was actually going to. There was uh, so many Golden Boy, too. I'm like, I, gee, somebody whoever made this loves Golden Boy. 
I was going to throw throw a, a suggestion out last last week. I had bumped into uh, a a video of uh, somebody uh, who did like I want to say it was like fifty questions or something like that of how how much of an otaku are you? And I was like, this would be so much fun to see see how Andy does because I only missed like three or four questions and they're questions that I knew for a fact that you would miss them as well. Um, yeah. There's obscured stuff there. Well, no, it wasn't obscure. It was Jojo. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. And then it pops up. It's a Jojo. Oh, okay. I get why I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I no, I didn't get a perfect 50 score, which is what they consider a, a, a hardcore otaku or something like that. I, I, but I got right there at, at really, uh, and I bet there was zero questions about cute girls doing cute game things. No, actually, there was. Oh, there was. Wow. It was. It was just a, chaos. It was <laughs> just no, chaos. It was a surprisingly well-rounded uh, questioner, and and the like I said, the only ones that I don't think we would know is I think there was a fist, not a fist of the North Star, something one of the offshoots of uh, of that, and so it was like I did technically miss that too, but I put that kind of more in the same realm as JoJo. So yeah, yeah. Even the ones, even the ones that we technically "quote unquote" don't know, you you would still have a very high um, amount of. Just like I said, the the JoJo when some of Public them, you, yeah, you would you would know them just in the general consensus of having the 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 reference to it, but not necessarily the actual knowledge of it. Well, that's kind of like the the wifey tier list. Is like I, I there was several several of them on there. I'm like I don't even know who this character is, but I know it's from One Piece. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's just an art style. You just know, and technically you've seen their pictures here and there, so you know who they're where they're from. So, but yeah, I, I think I got I, I think I got a One Piece question right just be, based on the idea of technically I know who that is. So, <laughs> you know who Luffy is? <laughs> yes, I know it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Um. But yeah, I think I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think I think I've I've been kind of contemplating different ideas of things to do besides just doing video game playing while talking to people. I think that'll be a lot of fun. So and everybody in chat seemed to be excited for it. So I got a kick out of your uh, your reacting to your re- to your video. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew reacting to Andrew. Somebody had a question about the, my favorite of the season, and I'm like, or the most excited for the next season. I'm like, well, I have a video for it. Let me bring it up here. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, one of those shows in my excited list dropped off here recently. Lost Child. Yeah. <laughs> I got a huge kick out of that. I'm, like, going from this is a mysterious show to, oh, it's Kirito. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm not I'm not that I hate it or anything because of that. It's just, eh, it just brought the excitement down a little bit. So, no, long, no longer mysterious. Maybe I should have just not looked at anything of it, but it popped up on my Twitter feed, so I had to see it. So... It'll be interesting. But yeah, like I said, look forward to that. I'm, I'm trying to keep a schedule of, you know, streaming every evening for pretty much every day. Um, Saturday is kind of like an up in the air. I'll do that or not. But usually during the week. So hopefully people can join us for that. That's Depending on how, how things work Evening out. U.S. time, by the way. <laughs> I do really want to uh, stream on thur- Thursday, but it just things are not working out to be able to do that. And I so... I'm always keeping that open as a, as an option. I'd like to do that. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. So, yeah. With that said, that's pretty much been what's going on. And, um, yeah, I've been playing Tales of Rise, but that's... I might have to move my playthrough from Twitch over, and I might edit it so it's a lot more 
I guess, digestible, <laughs> not just a long stream and have to upload three and a half hours, but um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So the news that should be important to us should be important to you because it's important to us that's important to you. Our first bit we have is uh, a free advertising plug for something for Rice Stuff. Not sponsored, by the way. Just want to give a shout out to people to let them know. But apparently, Right Stuff and uh, Tokyo Pop is doing a, or trying to do a reprint of Arya the Masterpiece. And this is a manga set of seven volumes that they are trying to get enough pre orders for it to do a reprint. They're, of course, saying that, you know, this will probably be the final run and that future printing of it will be highly unlikely. Um, I'm sorry, the actual quote is. This reprints or future printings of the series are unlikely. I don't want to say highly unlikely and that it not be highly unlikely, but actually unlikely. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so what they're trying to shoot for is at least 900 pre-orders for each volume. They do have a bundle set up there that you can just do the whole thing. And I think they're like at 55% or so right now. And once they get that pre-order amount, they will, I guess, do it. So, but they can't do it before then. I think it's like 130 or something like that. So it's a little, it's 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 a tad bit pricey, but that's seven that's volumes. Not, so yeah, that's not bad at all. It's about 20 per. So I was kind of expecting them to be hardbound because they are 20 bucks. Typically, hardbound mangas are that, but they do. I think they are foil, so that is a nice cover on it, not just a cheapo paper cover. So yeah, 135.99 on right stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it would be a little bit better if it was a little lower, but that's not a bad price, really, is it? Yeah, it's about it's up it's about retail. So, so I will, I I want it, but I just don't have the disposable for it. So I'm gonna probably pass on it. <laughs> I don't know. It it it, it bites, but I did want to at least do my part, but at least letting people know about it because I know there's a lot of Arya fans that listen to us a lot. Oh my gosh, you remember when we didn't watch Arya? How many times we got people telling us to watch Arya? So for all those people that kept bugging us every single day to watch Arya back in the day, um, there you go. That's it's do it now. I think that was it's more a FOMA. Because, it's a FOMA. I think that's more because it was in our in our. Uh, realm of things that we would like and everybody was like well how how do you like cute girls doing cute things and you've not watched this show yeah yashike mm-hmm. so yeah there you go check that out if that's interesting to you definitely don't want to miss out on that it's, it's like i said foma <laughs> so you don't want to miss foma anywho moving on we have duke of death and his maid has been confirmed to getting a sequel adaptation so for those fans that have been watching Duke of Death, it's technically completed. Um, solid, solid show. I really enjoyed it, so I'm kind of happy that it's getting a sequel. I, I think it's got a bad rap just because they're using that high score girl type CGI animation, but it's got a lot of heart in there, and I think that people should check it out. So if you haven't already, I'll be recording my review of that. I think tomorrow, so that'll be that'll be an interesting one to talk about when I get around to it. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of revealed a lot of stuff towards the later parts of it, so I'm really do. I am actually happy that it's getting a sequel because I think if it didn't get a sequel, I'd be pretty upset about certain things being revealed towards the later part that they kind of put in there. So, unlike just Spirit Chronicles, <laughs> <laughs> unlike Spirit Chronicles, 
<laughs> We're still waiting for that sequel uh, mention for Spirit Chronicles. Otherwise, that's going to get a little bit of a slapping. <laughs> so yeah, really cute. Definitely check that one out if you like the... I don't know. I, I, I initially was calling it basically teasing girl series. I think it is still technically in that realm because that's pretty much a lot of the shtick of Alice is doing a lot of teasing of him. But at the same time, like I said, it's got a lot of more, I guess, supernatural elements and stuff and witches and stuff that it's diving into that are kind of interesting as well. Plus the butlers, the same voice as the psychopath in, in Ajin, which kind of helps too. Uh a lot of fun. Another sequel getting that got announced was Shadow House. That's that's pretty exciting. I I really love Shadow House, and I know that when we were watching it, and I was really excited about it, a lot of people were going, it sucks because I've read the source material, and I don't think it's getting a sequel because they skipped certain things that are a lead-in to the next story arc. And apparently that seems to be the case for the creator as well, because when they announced that the Shadow House was getting a sequel... The actual original source material writer, who was actually a part of, was a, was a, what do they call it, uh, supervising, uh, supervising the scripts, uh, script supervisor. The actual creator was a script supervisor for the first season adaptation, and they were working on that project with the adaptation with the mindset that they were only going to get one core. So they wrote certain things out of the script purposely because they thought it was only going to get a single core, which I actually respect. I like when a writer doesn't try to throw in or when they know something is is just an advertisement, a single season, they don't throw in that extra stuff that you're not going to understand because they never get into it. But it comes a problem when they actually go, oh, hey, let's do a second season. They're like, wait, wait, wait. And so they're out. like the writer was literally like, I didn't know it was happening. So we'll figure it out. Like they're, they're going to, you know, basically fit things in so that it does technically still make sense as we go into the second core. So I know a lot of people are talking about this cloaked person that I think even in the tweet from the writer was talking about this cloaked person and they're going to figure it out so they can get things going forward. So I'm excited because that was a fantastic show. I'm definitely looking forward to more of it. Agreed. I, I'm definitely excited about it. Um, I, I don't know. I that that would be a difficult thing to try and um see if you can fix. Um when you do write something out, you have to do almost a a backlog of the scenes that that quote unquote character should be in. So it'd be really difficult to see if they can figure that out somehow. Well, I don't know the details of what was pulled out, so I wouldn't I don't I don't sure one way or another, but they wrote the story so I'm sure they can change things around not i don't necessarily think that like if there was this cloak person I, i'm just making an assumption here is based on the fact that it was removed and they're saying something about a cloak person if there was a cloak person that showed up let's say in the sixth episode to talk to a certain character and that was removed because they didn't think they're gonna have a second season they don't necessarily have to go oh by the way do 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 go back in time and oh yeah it actually happened they can easily just have the person show up at this point this current time and say this needs to be done and then move on it won't match to the source material. It's fine. It already doesn't match the source material because it's not there. <laughs> so you might as well change it. So that's what I kind of expect. But um, either way, really exciting. Super excited for it. Love Shadow House. If you haven't watched the first season, definitely go watch it and be excited for the second season. I don't think they have a date or anything yet. I'm assuming probably 
spring next year, if, if anything, but it's cool stuff. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's see. I might want to talk up. No, we can talk about that now. Uh, High Dive is set to leave VRV streaming service in set on September 30th. So if you are currently watching High Dive channel through VRV, expect that it will be leaving their platform soon. Obviously, this is probably due to the fact that <laughs> Crunchyroll was bought by Sony, and Sony probably does not want to continue doing any kind of, you know, partnership with High Dive going forward because competition and Sony doesn't like competition. <laughs> Again, assumptions here, assumption here, but um yeah, I kind of posed to a lot of people the question of like because I made a video on this and I was questioning like at this point what's the point of VRV? I and, and I think a lot of people's mindset is equal to my own, which I think this is just a sign that they're going to probably shut down VRV. Um, it's odd that VRV was even included in the buyout with Crunchyroll to begin with, uh, just because they were both technically under the brand of Elation, but it seems like they put VRV under the brand of Crunchyroll and then sold them together. So I don't think that Sony is going to keep it. I can see them using VRV as kind of a bridge platform to put both Crunchyroll and Funimation on, um, just because technically with VRV's platform, it is kind of like uh, uh, Amazon, where you technically you can buy channels. And so it's not just one subscription for everything. You can buy a channel with Crunchyroll, buy a channel with High Dive. Um, so I can see them using it as a way of having everything in one place. But still, even then, I, I don't know. I, I think at this point, by the end of the year, I think they'll just shut down VRV altogether. I, I mean, because they do technically still have like a few more channels on there, like uh, Rooster Teeth's on there. Um, there's like two other ones that I really don't even know what they are. I don't see them being enough to hold an entire platform for. If anything, I could see like Rooster Teeth stuff and everything going to Crunchyroll. Wasn't the drama channels on there? I think. I I know that Crunchyroll used to have a uh, a J drama uh, mm-hmm. uh, separate. It was separate, but it was technically under the same wing. So it's probably BRB. Yeah, yeah, I I. It, um, it, it, it just seems like it's been odd that I haven't seen anything on that because usually once in a while it would pop up on Crunchyroll. I think there's a couple of shows that have popped up recently, but it's been a while since I had seen them. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it does bite because I know that a lot of people, especially my, and including myself for a while there, when I was watching a lot of my stuff primarily on Apple TV, the reason why I ended up using VRV to watch high dive stuff was because, unfortunately, at the time, which this was like 2018, um, it was it was about the time they were, was it Doreiku? It was a show about this like thing that people put in their mouth, and it makes them once they have a competition with somebody, whoever loses is forced to have to listen to the other person, and obviously having something like that, it went into some very difficult subject matter and i think it was during when that was airing that i was trying to watch high dive on my apple tv and then eventually the episodes weren't available and they cited the fact that they were obviously being told by apple that they can't have that content on there their app was even removed for a period of time before they removed that content and got it back up on apple platform and it really annoyed me at the time because i'm like yeah but if i go over here to crunchyroll's app I can fire up my wife as a student council president, and they literally have pretty much close to H scenes. And it's like, well, why is this allowed on Crunchyroll, 
but this isn't allowed on high dive. And it's that, it's that difficulty there. And I'm like, I always kind of was frustrated with it. And I thought that when high dive and Crunchyroll started having a partnership, I'm like, cool. Maybe Crunchyroll can like help them figure out who to stuff money in their pockets in order to get their stuff allowed. Because obviously Crunchyroll's doing something. Funimation's doing something that allows them to be on the Apple platform with the content that they have, which is technically worse than what high dive has. <laughs> you know, who do they, who do they need to talk to here? So, I don't know. It kind of sucks in that regard because, I mean, granted, now I, most of the stuff I watch is on my PC because I had to get screenshots. Well, obviously, I don't really technically have to do now, so I could probably start using my Apple TV more now again going forward. But it does beg the question of, like, what does this mean for just their content being on a at least the Apple platform without issues? And I think they're going to start running into issues again, unfortunately. But such is Apple... I think anybody else is like, I don't care. I don't use Apple, so I don't don't care what's on it. But it is is an interesting question to pose anyway, either way. But like I said, this is a technically a sign that, unfortunately... Now, don't get me wrong. This could just be because the buyout happened, they let the current structure of their agreement expire. And then they can possibly do something in the future. And granted, technically, Sentai Filmworks items slash high dive items are still on Crunchyroll platform. It's just their whole platform itself is no longer on VRV. So it is technically a sign that we could possibly see stuff dropping off of Crunchyroll, which is unfortunate. But it could also be a thing where it's still going to remain on Crunchyroll. It's just they're pulling it off of VRV because they're going to close it down. So it's it's a multiple facet of what this could mean in the future for the platform VRV and high dive itself. So... To surprise of nobody, Fairy Tales getting more adaptations. <laughs> Are they still using the same director? He's like, I thought I was done with Fairy Tale, and then they put me back in. <laughs> but yeah, apparently the Fairy Tale Hundred Years Quest series is getting an anime adaptation. Um, apparently, it is a sequel manga series, which I was not aware of. So apparently, that's still going. Um, so yeah, be excited if you're a fan of Fairy Tale. It will continue on. Um, I can delay my desire to finish the series knowing that it's still going on. <laughs> I wonder if... Uh, did he write that, or do you know? I don't know. I assume so. Or if that... Is that a... I Obviously, it's a spinoff. It, that's pretty much what you just said. I didn't say that it was a spinoff. Well... I said that it was a sequel manga series. I, I, I understand, but... Sequel just I'm I'm just saying sequel does not typically insinuate that it's a spinoff. It means that it's a sequel. Um, yeah, prequels fairy tale. It is written by Hiro Mashima. So yeah, there you go. There you go. Probably different artist. Yeah, Ueda Atsuo. I don't know if that's the same artist. No, it's a different artist. Did something unfortunate have happen to the previous artist, or did he do the art for that one? Okay, so he just he just stopped being the artist for it, and somebody else took over for the next part of it. So it's basically somebody's adapting his story to a new manga going forward, which again is no surprise to anybody because something is lucrative. You're not going to let it die, <laughs> and uh, these things never end anymore. It's just milk it as long as possible. Manga has become the new Hollywood. <laughs> so there you go, cool stuff. I can now officially know what characters are still alive because I see all his artwork. (laughs) 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nobody expected these characters to actually have anything wrong with them. So there you go. Yeah, fans of Fairy Tale, it will continue on, and Andrew will continue to uh, delay actually putting up the latest fairy cast that he hasn't put up yet. I'm going to get to it probably after the, this this season's reviews and and first impressions get over because it's going to be a crazy next few weeks. Absolutely crazy. I already have like five things right now on my docket to record for reviews. It's insane. Anyway, sorry. I'm, I'm complaining. Uh, Magic of Stella. <laughs> uh, for those fans of Magic, Magic of Stella, the manga is ending in three chapters. So if you are keeping track of the manga, which... I unfortunately did not. I did really enjoy the anime adaptation. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it is kind of one of those ones, if I had time, I probably would have jumped into the manga right afterwards. But three chapters, it's ending. To a shock to nobody, China apparently has designated that online boys love games um, are, are banned. <laughs> so apparently this is a report that the Chinese Communist Party Central Public Relations Department has instructed online game companies um, to prohibit boys' love content from their, uh, from their, I guess, libraries, uh, citing content that contains false values or illicit materials. Uh, Chinese officials have designated content with boy loves as infeminate, effeminate men, as inferior culture, and are demanding its unequivocal banning. So... Yeah, the department has warned that the companies do not comply. They'll be severely punished. So apparently no Felix from ReZero. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's obviously a surprise to nobody. But it is it is pretty... I don't know. It's unfortunate, but like I said, it, like I said it's not really technically a surprise. It being that China is the way that it is. That things like that are not going to be allowed... Um, says the regulated the regulator's concern is that Chinese pop stars who look and act infeminate are encouraging China's young men to be um, to not be are not encouraging them to be masculine. So I don't know. I think that <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but like, don't you think they technically would want them to be <laughs> because then they won't question them. <laughs> Very, I don't know. Like I said, it's not surprising, but at the same time, it's unfortunate. I, I, I don't really, I don't think it's a good thing at all, but it's technically how it is. But yeah. So, sorry, China. No more Felix. It's too feminine. <laughs> it is technically talking about games, but I'm sure that probably is going to leak over to other things as well. All right, moving on, we have uh, My Next Life as a Villainess apparently is getting a movie adaptation. So fans of My life as a, my Next Life as a Villainess, All Routes Lead to Doom, be excited for more content coming down the line. I don't know how difficult it will be for us to get this. I, I'm assuming um, it will probably get a theatrical release over here because I think Funimation has it on their site as well. I know it's on Crunchyroll. So I would assume it probably... Well, technically, with them both being together now at this point, it's probably going to be a thing where they will pick it up and Funimation will do a theatrical release with their connections. Because I don't think we really have had anything from Crunchyroll getting theatrical releases. They usually movies that they get, they usually just throw it up. So yeah, it seems like it seems like they should have 
maybe one or two things left to pretty much explore. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Yeah, yeah. It's un it's not unpredictable where they're going to be going with it. So, but it'll be interesting, like I said. Yep, yep. Uh, apparently the whole thing with Hufutable and their issues with tax evasions is finally coming to a head. I think we talked about this a couple times in the past that there was accusations being thrown towards Hufutable for evading taxes, and apparently it is finally going to court. And during the preliminary hearings, uh, held by the Tokyo District Court, uh, the founder Hikaru Kondo has apparently admitted to the charge of failing to pay 138 million yen in taxes and has apologized, stating that he thought that the tax evasions would not bring trouble to the studio. Not sure why you would think that, but probably that he didn't think he was going to get caught. <laughs> that usually means I didn't think I'd get caught. Or at least that he, I guess there's a side that he could have believed that if he did it and somebody found out that he would be the only one being punished for it. I guess that could be what he was saying there, but... There you have it. Uh, prosecution states that Ifutable and Kondo hid a part of income from cafes and merchandising across a span of three years to buffet against downturns in business and alleged about 441 million yen in income. So it, it sucks because it, it's it's one of those aspects of, you know, something that do, a company that does a lot of good things kind of being possibly harmed i hope not too much by the mistakes of somebody high up which yeah you can make an argument that the reason why they were successful as long as they have been and done the quality they have done is because they were avoiding taxes but <laughs> it, it still sucks because there's a lot more people involved in the football than just and, and it could just be more than condo um but as it's kind of laying out, it seems like they're trying to put all the blame on Kondo. I know that he's already kind of stepped away from it, so he could be just trying to make himself a fall guy, even though there's more people involved. But it still sucks. It still sucks in the end. I hope, hopefully, it doesn't bring too much harm to a football, just because they've they've created a lot of really cool things. So, but we'll see. We'll see. It, it, it does beg the question of like how profitable they are that they would need something like this because. I mean, a lot of really big mobile games come to them for their high quality of stuff. But, I don't know. They could just be looking for more profits in the end. We don't know. But there you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, Seven Seas has announced new licenses for release. They have announced that they have licensed It's a, hard, a Little Hard to Be a Villainous of an Atome Game in Modern Society light novel series as well as Magic Artisan Artisan, uh, Dahlia, Wilts No More, Wicked Trapper, Hunter of Heroes, as well as Ex-Gender Manga. So, the second one was a mouthful. <laughs> oh, it was two different titles. One was Wicked Trapper, Hunter of Heroes. And the other one was the um, Magic Artisan Artisan. Dahlia wilts no more. There you go. More stuff from Seven Seas. For Jade Novel, they have licensed uh, four new titles. Well, five new titles, actually. Sorry. Uh, one is Goodbye Other World, See You Tomorrow. They have Private Tutor to be Duke's Daughter. Indo and Kobayashi Live. 
the latest of on Sundere villainous Lizlot. Lizlot? Uh, full clear, another world uh, under a goddess with zero believers light novel. <laughs> and finally, full clear, another world under a goddess with zero believers manga. So, both the light novel and the manga of that series. A lot of these look like they can be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sunde- I have to read the Sundere one. <laughs> uh, Endo and Kobayashi live the latest on Sundere villainous Lisolette. This one is one day the crown prince siege. Here's the voice of the gods out of out of the blue. Apparently, his fiancee Lisolette is a Sunde race villainous destined to be what is it Sunde race villainous <laughs> destined to meet her demise. And her sharp tongue is just a way of covering up her embarrassment. The prince can hardly contain himself after discovering Lislet's adorable hidden side. Little does he know the heavenly beings uh, that bestowed this knowledge upon him are actually high schoolers. What? 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 So I'm guessing he's in an Atome game. And the villainess is actually Sundere. And the players of the autonomy game are trying to help him out that's what it kind of sounds like to me that sounds sounds goofy (laughs) says can he use his divine prophecy let's play commentary basically says it right there (laughs) it's let's play commentary to save the betrothed and avoid a bad end so it's like basically the the side of the male characters in my next life as a villainous interesting very interesting that absolutely sounds too fun. Uh, see here. Netflix has established an anime creator's base in a Tokyo office in Japan. So apparently the anime creator base is this great new facility they spent a lot of money on to bring creators in so they could talk about future projects. Which they technically already had a Tokyo place, but they want to make a nice fancy special looking place where people can chill on couches and stuff. Cause all tech companies like doing that these days. Um, well not these days always been <laughs> that case, but yeah, it's basically a, a location where different designers, uh, developers, script writers, um, artists and stuff can all essentially come to this one facility to kind of collaborate on ideas for future projects. So obviously Netflix is getting more and more into the game of anime over the last five or so years. Um, this is going to basically be a location, a nice, comfortable location. They can bring people in and kind of shoot ideas at each other, throw stuff at the wall. And um, it, again, is kind of a continued sign of what's going forward, that Netflix is getting obviously more serious about anime and producing anime and getting more content for their platform, which technically leads into our next subject, which is that Netflix is planning on streaming. Um, it, they technically have, I think, three titles for the next season, for the fall season of 2021. Um, but the surprising thing is that two of those titles, Blue Period and Comey Can't Communicate, will be doing weekly releases. It's big news, Chris. Yeah. It's finally happening, Chris. I'm, finally. I'm hoping, I'm hoping they're figuring this out. So <laughs> It's finally happened. Now, if only they can fix their issue where their sub cost is stupidly high compared to everybody else, that would be great. But at least we have a nice step in the right direction, and we're going to be getting weekly releases rather than waiting until either the end of the season or three months after the season has ended before we get a full dump of a show. 
but um, you you just don't understand how perfect their their subscription fee is. You're it's a, it's you're a very, it's a very unperfect round number. No, you're you're wrong. <laughs> they know they have figured it out. You did not. Everybody else, Crunchyroll, Funimation, you guys are leaving money on the table, obviously. Like I said, I still believe that once Crunchyroll and Funimation merge, like, fully to one platform, it will be Netflix cost. I have zero doubt that they will make it Netflix cost. You're not going to get both that stuff in one service for five bucks. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. Well, I think it's six ninety nine. I think, is the highest one. Anyways, this is kind of, like I've mentioned before, this seems like a continued sign of where Netflix is going. Obviously creating a anime creator's base. Cool. Fluffy new building. Somewhere to throw money at. That's fine. But it does kind of show the sign of this dedication. Like this is a, whether you want to believe like this is just a stupid fancy place with a bunch of couches in it is a side to the idea that this is a sign of something of a, a focus. This is something that they want to have to bring in creators and talk about ideas going forward. Kind of a central location they can bring people in. But not only that, but it's kind of hard to ignore that something pretty significant happened this year. And that a lot of different companies are now making different interesting moves. Netflix has been in this game for a long time. And for the last, I don't know, what, three or four or five years, it's been nothing but... You know, once or twice a year, they come out and say, here's all these titles will be full dumping on the, the network. Look forward to literally five shows showing up in March. They just get full dumped and five shows showing up in this month and full dump. And that's it. This is a a different move for them to not only have that as an option where they are producing anime, they are putting their money into these these companies, but also they're now licensing shows to show on a weekly basis. And again, like I said, it's not really hard to draw a conclusion that, hey, something just recently happened, and now suddenly Netflix is making their move. These other companies are making their move. They're, we're talking about like Toei and all them doing their own streaming service. I think there's a lot of companies that are either not wanting to deal with Sony, or they're seeing an opportunity, an opening with Crunchyroll now becoming a part of Sony and Funimation. Agree? Yeah, it's 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 fascinating to see what the moves of all these big companies are doing. I when it comes down, I, I it's one of those things that you kind of wish you could see behind the scenes what they're what they're really watching for and what they're actually seriously considering as threats and stuff like that. It's it it's one of those things that when you when you watch them from a basically from a down the stream because they're they're obviously up the stream they see what's what's coming down the road they they're massive corporations they have feelers watching everything that's going on um and we're watching it from a outsider's perspective trying to guess what it is that they're doing and what they're trying to accomplish with all these different things proactive Um, versus reactive yeah it's it's strange to see the different moves that these companies are making um Actually setting up a creator space is a fascinating thing for Netflix to do. Um, Not necessarily unrealistic that they're doing it. It makes a lot of sense that they're doing it. Um, But they've never been one to... I mean, yes, they'll they'll throw a whole bunch of money at at a company and say, make whatever you want. So I'm not saying that. Making a creator space is... 
basically like setting up shop in in the middle of hollywood it to, to me is what what i'm, I'm yeah tokyo I'm ain't that. cheap yeah <laughs> tokyo ain't cheap so it's 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 a fascinating thing to see him doing this um not necessarily that it's un unrealistic that they're doing it, just that it's fascinating that they're doing it uh because it gives it gives them a home base to to for these companies to actually see come to them instead of them going to the company. So it's an interesting thing to, to watch. I'm I'm curious to see if the really, you know, it's funny because my my pie in the sky hope would be that they would just make a anime subscription, like just make a Netflix anime and just have you subscribe just for the anime. And hopefully the price of it would come down. But we all know that that would just be them leaving money on the table. But that's me saying that, but technically they've been leaving money on the table for the last five or so years because, as I've joked about before, you technically had this whole case where they would go, okay, Violet Evergarden's coming out, and everybody's like, cool, can we watch it per episode? Now we're going to full dump it after the season ends. Enjoy it. And what happens? They full dump it, people subscribe for one month, they watch the entire show in a couple days, and then they unsubscribe. They got one month of subscription. Versus this is literally like I I'm excited they're going on a weekly basis. But when you think about it, that technically means I have to have a subscription for three plus months just to watch one show because I have to wait each week for it to come out. It's literally money left on the table. that They've been sitting there for the longest time. I don't know. Maybe you can just say, well, that's just Netflix being nice to everybody. No, they don't care. They want your money. <laughs> and they've just been leaving on the table for this long. So I'm curious to see how. I'm curious to see people if they will support this. I, I'm not going to go out there and say people get a subscription and watch weekly on these shows just to support the idea of them doing weekly releases. Because, like I said, I know that the subscription cost is really high. I mean, it's almost three times or four times as much as some of the other subscriptions. I know High Dive is like five bucks. Compare that to Netflix's, what, 15 bucks, I think, to have High Def? I think you can get like standard def for like 10 bucks, but. Which I think is technically okay. I mean, we're, we're most everything anime isn't pushing the bounds of crispness and high definition quality, so you can probably get away with watching the shows with standard definition. Um, I think there's like a very rare few, like you know, Your Name, uh, the recent Gundam movies that are really pushing the bounds of quality. But I think you can get away with standard definition. But either way. I'm, I'm curious if, if what this will be in the future. It is exciting. I think it is definitely a... I don't know if I'd say a power move, but it is definitely them putting down their gavel and saying, hey guys, we're here, don't worry. <laughs> Which I think is a refreshing thing for a lot of fans right now, is obviously the big glooming gloom that's happening right now is the fact that Sony has bought Crunchyroll. And we were talking for the longest time about, man, we need comp uh, competition in the game. We seriously need competition in the game. And we were obviously hedging our bets at High Dive. As much as we believe that they are going to struggle for a while, they were the people that we were looking at and saying, hey, please, High Dive, don't fail on us now because we need competition. And we weren't even looking at Netflix because Netflix was stuck on a monthly, uh, a, a full dump. Plus, Netflix wasn't really licensing random titles. They were just... Essentially, they, there was a tile here and there that they would license, but for the most part, they were just these were shows that they were producing and being a part of, and so they can get that exclusivity from them. Whereas this is them, I don't believe that Comey Song can't communicate, um, or Blue Period is Blue Period might be, 
but I don't think they're technically on any kind of production committee for them. So this is interesting for them. I mean, technically, like, Komi-san, I think, is similar to something like Teasing Master Takaki-san, which is one they actually technically picked up, um, where it's kind of out of their norm. Mostly, like, it's being a comedy school title versus, you know, high-action, violent show, historical uh, mecha, that kind of stuff. So it's a little more interesting when they pick up something like this versus uh, the the typical stuff you'd see on Netflix, I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't see them on the production for it, so it's very interesting, very interesting move for them. If you if you ask, because I think when when we were talking about titles they were picking up when they when they first said they were going to do Blue Period, I was like, well, it's hard to really recommend to people to pick up a subscription just for Blue Period. <laughs> But, so I'm like, I'm hoping they'll pick up something else to, I guess, warrant that support that people can give for the weekly releases. La- if you ask me what show they're going to pick up as well, the last one I would pick is Komi-san. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing against Komi-san. It's just I don't, like I said, besides Teasing Master Taka- Takaki-san, I don't really see Komi-san being like a, come to Netflix for, Komi can't communicate. <laughs> it's just the last thing I would see. Like Blue Period, artsy-fartsy, you could say. You know, uh, Jota's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> yes, it's on there. Uh, Stone, was it called? Stone Ocean. But Komi-san, no, I don't see that. Be, that would be the last one I would pick. All right. I was hoping that would have more discussion, but I guess that's the news. Cool stuff. We, did, we talked about that. Uh, and the last bit we have is Mappa's to animate Dance Dance Danseur TV anime. I, I thought that they announced this already, but apparently it's now finally being announced. I I don't know. Maybe I just assume based on the art style that it was, it was announced that Mappa was doing it. But yeah, Mappa will be doing Dance Dance Danseur, which um, I believe is next year. Yes, 2022 is what they have listed. No, no season yet. Is there any kind of a PV? No. Just a key art. Mm-hmm. And he looks fabulous. Yes, he does. He looks very fabulous. Uh, for those don't remember, it's about uh, Junpei, who's fascinated with ballet as a child, but his second year middle school school, his father passed away, and he decided to, he needed to become a more masculine. And he gave up on his aspirations. He's failing miserably. Yeah, he's failing at being masculine. <laughs> While still having attachment to ballet, uh, he takes up the martial arts of Jeet Kune Do. And becomes popular in his class. Then, one day, a new transfer student named Miyako arrives in Junpei's class. And her mother runs a ballet studio. Miyako realizes that Junpei's interest in ballet and invites him to do ballet together. Kind of feels similar to Welcome to the Ballroom. Yeah, that's that's what I was getting. uh, I think I looked up to see if it was the same writer. And I don't think it was back then. It's probably the character artist. That could be. I think that was probably it. Because it, I'm pretty sure uh, uh, that was a MAPPA show, so. Mm, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so? Where's the sequel to that? Man, that show needs a sequel bad. Itomi Hasegawa. Um, I don't remember the Japanese title, but I don't see it, so maybe not. So there you go. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. That's it. That's the news that seems important to us. That should be important to you because it's important to us. That's important to you. 
So let's dive into our community. As usual, if you want to ask a question on our podcast, we definitely do welcome anybody to write in to us. Uh, you can either do it by going to otakuspirit.com. At the top, there's a contact us button. You can submit the form there. Uh, you can email andrew at otakuspirit.com, or you can go to the forums at otakuspirit.com at the top there. Click on it, sign up, and go to the anime cast question thread under the anime cast discussion and leave your question there, as well as talk to some great people over there. So. Similar to Shudden Bakas, who apparently has always been a Taku12034 and just didn't want to tell us. I'm joking. Um, anyways, says, hey guys, hope you're having a good day. This is a Taku12034. See what I did mm -hmm. there? You're going to get From trouble. before, <laughs> but now in official form. Uh, my question for this episode is, what is your prediction of the next 10 years of anime since Crunchyroll buy, uh, buyout passed the day I'm typing this? Man, this question was submitted a while ago. Uh, will it be filled with censorship and our high school DXD season 5 will be 90% light beams? I think either way it's still going to be light beams because you have to buy the Blu-ray to get that. Um, without that, I mean. Or will it be not as bad... What about the chances of Crunchyroll and Funimation combining into one? Look forward to the answer. And my obligatory plug, subscribe to Shadon Bakas on YouTube. So there you go. Um, 10 years is a lot to happen in 10 years. I guess to blanket it, my hope that eventually... Because technology always evolves, and I think what the interesting thing that comes with technology, at least anymore, is not an idea of things getting faster and more powerful. It's more of a things of becoming easier and more accessible. Accessible. Accessible? <laughs> and I think one thing that I'm really curious about is eventually they're becoming an easier way of streaming and providing streams. What I mean by that is I, I think there's a lot of talk about things going through blockchains and stuff like that, providing streams through that kind of uh, ability. But with bandwidth hopefully getting better and and the ability to stream stuff getting better, there is a hope for me down the road. And I think there was some discussions around this when we were talking with um, blockchain or Blockpunk and about blockchain. I'm not really huge into blockchain. I, I, I appreciate what it is. And the technology behind it, but I'm never like I'm not like a nerd in it. Like, oh my gosh, I gotta know, I gotta, I gotta know, I gotta know the latest. But even then, during that time that we were talking a lot with um, some individuals involved with that stuff, the the idea was coming at this concept because they themselves were essentially working with anime studios and trying to provide things through blockchain. And the thing that I personally was kind of excited about and and knowing more about this concept was the ability for basically, let's say, a studio, especially a studio that's not huge, a smaller studio, not an affordable, not a Kyoto Animation, a small studio that would be able to come out and say, hey, we have this new anime that we're putting together, and we hope that you all enjoy it. You don't have to go, okay, well, what platform is it going to get on over the West, or is Funimation going to grab it, and they're going to put it in the theaters first, and then we have to go with the theaters to watch it or wait a year before we can get it on Blu-ray, it would literally be go to their website or they put a link up on Twitter. You go to the website and you literally pay some sort of value that's, you know, maybe it's a maybe it's an overall currency or maybe it's a translated currency or something or exchange currency. But you literally stream it directly from them. Bam, you just have it in front of you. You paid. It goes straight to that studio. Bam, you get it in front of your face. 
And I think that's the, I don't know that I can say for certainty that that would be the future is this idea of being able to, that technology would evolve so much that you can essentially get your stuff directly from them. But it is kind of an exciting concept that I think as technology gets better and they, like for us, I mean, I technically use YouTube and I throw my videos up on there so that people can stream it. I could not imagine putting a server in our house and putting the, my videos on there and then having people have to access through our terrible ISP to access that stuff. And then I'll have to have issues with possibly um, how do I monetize it? How do I, you know, avoid hacking, all this kind of stuff, security, all that stuff comes into play. But as technology gets easier, a lot of that stuff becomes more available to the masses and not just big companies that have a lot of money to throw into servers and to security. So that is kind of the thing that I would hope. The problem that comes with that is obviously discoverability. They would still have issues with discoverability. It would probably be more to their benefit if they were to put their stuff on Netflix because Netflix has a central location that they would obviously want to utilize to have discoverability. So there's still there's still questions there that that would be a future, but it is it is an exciting idea, especially for smaller studios that may want to get more out of their product that they produce themselves rather than maybe getting low bid from a big company like Netflix or Sony and be able to, you know, pocket all the the benefits themselves. There's a fast fascinating thing to to look at um basically especially in our fandom watching the anime sphere as a whole one of the things that we're we're watching and we're learning is we're learning how these free markets interact with one another an interesting thing about this is what i'm and, and this is this goes into your question of what do i see in the future what we have to be watching for is some kind of a disruptor because the status quo right now is going to literally destroy this this um, our fandom in a lot of ways. Um, you have Sony, who, who we've we've made no bones about that they they've already done it. They are more than happy to do it again, and now they've bought up their most their quote unquote biggest competition. Who was like I said before, while they're not doing it as bad as Sony, they had no bones with doing it themselves. We've seen it; it's it's there. Um. So them taking that and now they're technically the only people who are quote unquote big enough to, um, to compete with them, them showing up. I don't trust them any more than I trust Sony. It it is what it is. So as it stands right now, without a big massive disruption in our marketplace, I don't see anything changing and our fandom is going to literally go the way of most of these other fandoms that you've already seen what um i i don't really want to toss out names but there's there's you you you're watching it across the the pop culture in general all fandoms are dealing with same similar problems it is there is a literal culture war going on and we can't ignore it it's in our fandom as well and so as it stands right now, who has the keys, keys to the kingdom? We can fight against it all we want. And that's the biggest problem. Until they figure it out, we're going to literally go the same way all of these other fandoms are going. Um, so that's my answer to your question. Without a big disruptor, 
our fandom is going to get run into the dirt. No, I, I think that the there is. See, I was thinking way in ten years in the future, so I wasn't really thinking like current times. But you technically do a- ask specifically about the whole thing with Crunchyrolls. I do agree that there we technically need something in the the game. I my hope has gone a little up based on the idea that High Dive is already showing that it's grabbing a lot of titles um, beforehand. Um, obviously, Netflix, you know, picking up two very surprising titles outside of their norms and doing weekly releases does show me that I guess the best way I can put it is that as the fall was being announced, which technically most companies long before this buyout was probably already planning on what titles they were picking up for fall. Um, but having this aspect that things happen the way they did with Crunchyroll being bought by Sony already at this point, I was kind of, I was kind of wanting to wait until probably early 2022 to really give my idea of how things are shaping up just because I, like I said, I think you'll see over time, things are going to start shifting, but to have those shifts already technically happening in the fall 2021 season does give me hope to see that Netflix is already essentially making a move to buying titles to stream on a weekly basis to see high dive already buying out further does give me a little bit of hope that these at least Sony, at least high dive and Netflix are kind of going in and saying, okay, well things are shifting a little bit. I guess I'll start getting involved. I guess I'll start getting some of these titles and it might be, again, we were kind of speculating on the idea that one of the things that could help high dive and another competitor from this buyout is that possibility of Sony getting so full of themselves because they have the two biggest anime streaming services under their branch, under their umbrella, having those would make them want to low bid. And then these other companies can come sneak in and grab stuff. So it might've happened. We may just not know quite yet, but like I said, I don't think that's going to be really coming to effect yet until we see that, you know, at least about a year has kind of passed because a lot of these shows are kind of snatched up pretty early. So it's, it's, it is really odd thing. I, I, I wish for the best. Um, it, when, when I say disruptor, it's, it's, it's really a hard thing to describe It's um, like, like Andrew was saying, all these companies all having these kind of, uh, control over everything. And, and like Andrew was saying, low bidding or high bidding or, 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 um, undercutting each other that that is a lot of the problem um you you can't blame them you really can't i mean when it comes down to it uh if if netflix wants to make money they have to low bid to get the to get the um the product at a at a low cost that's and then they want to sell it as high as possible to make the maximum amount of money i.e what we were talking about earlier with uh leaving money on the table you you don't want to leave money on the table and at the same time theoretically you don't want to harm your customer in the process it's it's a it's a balancing act that is massively complicated now the interesting thing and i'm not saying that you can't understand it i'm saying it's complicated as and it takes a long time to explain all this garbage the problem is is once you get to that certain point you you have a you end up in this status quo pro, uh, issue where you keep trying to do the same thing so that you don't you don't want to 
up in the table in the process of trying to change things. So then what, what these companies end up doing is then they become these just a mess of things that are, are, are constantly trying to keep the, keep the customers happy enough to keep the money flowing. And at the same time, if they're going to progress and change things, they have to do it subtly that it doesn't, like I said, overturn the, 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 the egg cart and, and, and ruin the entire uh, thing. So we're sitting here where that's, that's why I say you, we need a disruptor, something in there that breaks the entire system and forces the, the apple cart to flip over. It, we have to have that situation. And no, I do not believe Netflix is a, is a solution. Why? Because they're the same problem that Sony has. They're too big. If they change anything, they undercut themselves. They're, they're basically shooting their own leg off and, and they can't move forward. Um, that's why if you remember, I, I don't know how many people have been around long enough to remember Netflix originally was a, um, they were the ones who took out Blockbuster. How? They offered a mail-in service for your rentals. Instead of going to the store across town to rent a movie, you could just do it online or, uh, and, and they, you, you got to break it down more than that, Chris. They used to have these places called Blockbusters. <laughs> and you would walk in the front door and you'd buy you would you'd rent a a cartridge thing that was called a VHS. Sometimes a little bit later they these DVD things or these discs and you would take these home and you would actually insert them into a DVD player or a VHS and it would play the video that you rented. You actually had to go there, grab it, take it here, watch it, and then you would have to rewind it if it was a VHS, and then you would take it back to the place. That's, I remember, the I remember the signs that said, "Please be kind." No, it just says, "Be kind, rewind. please rewind." It was, "Be kind, please rewind." Was it that way? Yes, it, it was not. Please, please be, be kind. kind, please rewind. It was just, "Be kind, please rewind." Okay, I, I you, if you, you may, you and they would charge about? you if you didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> But at any rate, I just didn't want people to believe that you were renting it and then you went home and you were able to stream it. It's, that's not this, this. This is we're going back. back so to the day. how did so what did Netflix did? They offered they offered an, a way to you just went through you found you had a huge massive catalog. You picked the show the movies you wanted to watch. They'd send it to you usually overnight or two days at most. Um, you could watch it and then send it back, and they'd send you the next one on your queue. It was it was a brilliant system. Now, here's the funny thing. If you do remember that, you can remember the fact that they slowly phased it out. They didn't take it away right out. I'd, I'd be curious to see if in some countries they still technically have it. No doubt. It, it, it's, it's a fascinating thing of how they literally destroyed one of the biggest, a, a couple of really big, Blockbusters wasn't the only one at the time. It, right. it was Hollywood just Blockbuster. Yeah, Blockbuster was pretty much the king at the time. Most and, it was the most national. And a they lot of Hollywood video and stuff were more locals. And they literally destroyed this company. Why? Because they just slowly uh, they they took over the market with a with ease of of service. That's really what it comes down to. This is why I was talking about a long time ago when we were talking about um, uh, is it what it, what Funim Funimation was doing. 
when I talk about uh, customer experience and I'm talking about service, I'm talking about these things. They gave a better product. Why? It wasn't necessarily the DVDs. The DVDs were the exact same as, as Blockbuster had. What was the difference? The difference was is the ease of access. Why, why, why is Amazon uh, uh, destroying everything? Because they have ease of access. Why does Walmart? Why is Walmart so so king? Because they have ease of ease of access. Everything that you want is there in one place. That is the problem. Now, yes, technically Funimation has it, but they're not delivering the product that they're quote unquote offering. They're changing the product. This is why I've always been and always complain about the fact that. I don't care if you liked their dubs. That's fine. There's a massive contingent that does not like the dubs. And they're not listening to the customer. You don't like no cap? No cap. (laughs) No cap. I did did end up uh, uh, finding out where where that came from. I'll have to tell you that later. It's, It's such a weird thing. And... When I say disruptor, I'm talking about somebody who comes in and makes a big splash. They don't necessarily have to fix everything. They have to change the market. I think offering an alternative that's pleasing is is enough to be a disruptor at this point. Like mm-hmm. if if we do see a lot of gatekeeping or censorship, having somebody like High Dive come around the corner and say literally in their advertising don't worry, because I mean, High Dive did that for a while. Come here, we got your your TNA. We're not we're not shy about it, and I, I think that technically is something that put High Dive itself on the map. Is this idea that hey, stuff ain't censored here. Come on over, and everybody's like, wait, so you can do that? And then you know, Funimation, everything like, don't look at me, don't look at me. <laughs> I think is enough. Now. Now, like I said, I don't I don't think a lot of those changes are going to come quickly for, like I've mentioned before, that, that idea of Sony really kind of censoring things. Um, I will say that next season is going to be a big sign. I'm really curious what's going to happen with World, uh, World in Harem. I think based on what you see in World in Harem is going to be a huge sign as to the future of, I guess, really raunchy stuff. Anything with, you know, adult content how they handle that is going to be a huge sign. Like I said before, based on the fact their PV literally showed nothing, not just not showed, you know, nudity or anything like that. Just it showed nothing. Literally. It was a short trailer <laughs> compared to the trailers that Japan was releasing. It was a short trailer. It, it, and, and how, how high dive handled, uh, goddess dorm gives me a bit of hope. To be honest, there's not, technically a lot of shows every season that are basically adult like they they show things um if anything there's a lot of there's there's a bit of violent shows but so i don't necessarily see like the disappearance of that stuff but more of an idea of it's going to have its out through high dive in the end but it's going to be the question mark is going to be really popular titles prime example right now things like demon slayer what was the big discussion that came around Demon Slayer the next season? It's obviously a part of the entertainment district arc. There's obviously going to be some adult subjects and themes regarding that. And the question mark that was even in Japan was, what time slot will this be in? How much of this content are they going to cut? 
They want to do as much of the content as possible and not censor things, so they're going to show it in a time bracket that would allow more adult themes. So how would something like that be affected when it comes to the West? Obviously, Funimation has it, or Crunchyroll and Funimation both have it, obviously, they're Sony. Um, Is there going to be things change when it comes here? There's another question mark. How are they going to handle that? And I think with a big name title, not just, you know, Goddess Dorm, which, you know, probably didn't see much viewership at all, unfortunately, because of what it is. It's a harem etchy show. Not many people are going to watch it. But something big like Demon Slayer, if there's any changes that comes to the West, <laughs> be sure we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Be sure we're going to be talking about it. And they're going to hear from us. And I think a lot of people are going to want to voice their concerns at that point. So not even just World End, which I think is going to be an obvious changes. And probably a lot of the changes will be done before it even gets to Crunchyroll. But something like Demon Slayer, if anything happens with that show, I think there's going to be... I think a lot of people are going to be one of looking for that kind of stuff. So that'll be fascinating to see how that, that, because that's, that's an interesting place. That's in the next, next few episodes for sure. And, and we'll, we'll see how they're going to, what the new crunchy nation is going to do. Crunchy roll. Crunchy, crunch. Yeah. Crunchy, crunchy funny nation roll. or funny roll. Funny yeah. Roll. Funny roll. You like funny roll. Um, yeah. Thanks. Uh, shut in Bakken for the, shut in Bacchus for the question. Why is it Bacchus? Is there more than just... Is it just you? I, I don't think I've ever asked, asked, asked that question. Michael chimes in and says, On another funny bike. <laughs> We're tired of talking about this. No, I'm joking. Uh, On the issue with Sony buying Crunchyroll, why don't we all just wait and see? I mean, change was, point, uh, was going to happen at some point eventually. Uh, if there is any issue on how things are being done as a community, the base must tell them to fix it. And not just say, oh, it sucks, it's the way you do things and that. Uh, the merch, mature content mentioned in a comment on your YouTube channel said that it, if they deemed it to be mature, why not just label it as such? Well, they kind of do. Uh, though I do agree that there are some things um, they do not, they do go overboard with and they have to fix uh, that, but the contents could be offensive to some, so it's debatable. Yet you have an issue like uh, one in Omaha where mother notified everyone that about the Miss Kobayashi dragon or Miss Kobayashi's manga as inappropriate to be in school. And it led to other issues like what's one can and cannot view or read. Um, Though, if, if it is a censorship problem as a community, let them know and there will be they will there is a way to make it work. One of the other things, now that Sony has both companies, everyone's mentioning to support other streaming service, yet Netflix, which is likely Sony's only rival, might look at it this way. Well, if they did it so we can... Oh, look, hi. <laughs> okay, I get where you're going with that. And, uh, basically, Netflix saying, oh, look what Sony did. Uh, well, I guess we can buy some high dive. I don't think they, they care about high dive. Um, oh, there's another one. Let's take that. Um, get where I'm going... So, like I said, let's wait and see and not jump the gun and say it's all over. Uh, once they show us, like, show us the N3 version of whatever they are making and give it another month to perform and it's bad, then we can comment, critic, and suggest. Best regards. So, you're basically, your mentality is just wait till things fall and then complain about it. I, I mean, that's, I'm not 
criticizing you for thinking that way. I just I understand what you're going well, with that. And 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 that's the thing. If we gave the impression that we're not saying wait and see, yeah, I I agree with you to a point. The problem is is that we have been waiting and seeing, and we have been seeing over and over and again. The problem is how many times do we have to get our foot stepped on before we go? Okay, look. This is not working. Let's finally we, talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> this we, has been going on for a long time. Yeah, and that, that's the thing is we're we've we've we pointed it out what six years ago, um, it, and and no everybody was like, oh no, this is a one case scenario, and then something else happened, and we pointed it out then, and everybody said, well, no, this is just a one one time thing. How many one time things before you go? Okay, there's a there's a significant train of abuses that we have a problem with and you can't just keep chopping it up to it's a one-time thing. It's obviously not a one-time thing. And what I was talking about, this growing ang- this growing frustration, I, growing anger is, is different because that's, there is a growing frustration that, and we have, it, I, I want to make this very, very clear. I agree I want to hope that these people will change their ways. They're not. They're doubling down. They're tripling down. And they're quadrupling down. It's not the situation of them doing it. The problem is, is that they are the only people who have the control. You cannot, if you are, take me, take us, for example, we have been and will, for a while at least, keep on saying you need to support these companies. But we are in a moral conundrum. I do not agree with the ideals that they are shoving into the content. I do not agree with the changing of the original artist's intent. I do not agree with that. That is why I am in a moral conundrum. I want to support this company, and yet at the same time, I do not agree with the way that they are providing the product. I have a problem with that. Now, do I go ahead and say, forget it. I, I jump off the train. Let's all go pirate. I don't agree with that. So I ha- am forced to have to deal with the gatekeeper. I will admit they have a fundamental moral obligation to do what they are doing there. That's why you will never get through to them. That is my issue. It's not whether I agree with their and I've tried, I've really tried to be accommodating to this, but we're at a, at a point where we have no choice. What are we going to do? That's why I say we need a disruptor. I think to your point, Michael is, is it's not just a, I know it sounds like he's like yelling at you. <laughs> it's it's more of a frustration to the company itself. And I think to his point, it's not really so much about jumping the gun. It's just more of a, like he said, it's more of a thing of this isn't, this isn't something that we didn't see coming. It's a, it's a thing that we've been seeing and commenting on for a long time. And it just wasn't an issue because there was no central point. It was only a problem now and that we're speaking so loud on it now because they no longer have this, well, if Funimation messes up, Crunchyroll will stand up. 
if Crunchyroll messes up, Funimation will stand up. Competition. Not having that thus means that it's no longer there's no longer this out that we have because we can't shift the market to show them a sign. It's literally just let's walk away, and that sucks in the end. Um, additionally, I, yeah, like I said before, I don't think Netflix would ever buy High Dive. I mean, I, I never say never, but Netflix has zero desire to to buy High Dive. Why would Netflix buy High Dive? The only thing that the only reason they would have to buy High Dive is to grab a brand. They can buy their own licenses. If they buy High Dive, it does not mean that they get High Dive's licenses. Like we've mentioned before, anything that High Dive has licensed is bought and and most likely contracted to stream on Sun, uh, Sentai Filmworks slash High Dive platforms. So even if Netflix buys High Dive, they don't get their back platform. So the only reason that they'd buy them is just to get rid of them. There's no benefit for them buying them. Netflix has plenty of money to buy their own licenses. The reason why Sony bought Crunchyroll was to get rid of a competitor. It's plain and simple. They seen Crunchyroll as a, their main competitor. They bought them. Sony doesn't have the money to buy Netflix. Netflix doesn't have the money to buy Sony. So you're seeing this grabbing of the lower properties, but Netflix is so huge, they don't care. So I don't see that being a thing, honestly. Uh, yeah, when it comes down to it's it, an Netflix, interesting concept either way. Netflix buying Netflix doesn't really buy brands. Netflix just um, purchases the the product more than anything. And they used that, to license they used to license a lot of brands to put on their platform, but now that everybody's trying to do the streaming things, they're having to pay into their own stuff. So that's yeah. why they've moved the, the direction they've moved to producing their own live action TV shows and stuff, and then also anime. Yeah, technically there is a – you could say that now based on the idea that we're seeing Netflix at least try to shuffle into the norms of the rest of the streaming services and trying to be into this game that they could see High Dive as a threat at this point. But again, there's no benefit to them buying them besides destroying them. And I don't – I just – we don't really see signs of Netflix doing that. They'd rather – rather than spend a bunch of money to buy Netflix just to shut them down, they're not really in a place that a big company can do that. Uh, they're they're profitable, but they still are not insane. So, being able to do that just to get rid of them is a very costly move. It's just it's not beneficial in the end, unless they see that there's some sort of marketing data that shows somebody clicked on High Dive instead of Netflix. They I just don't see them doing that. They're just two different realms. So. Interesting idea, but yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. I, I normally don't like the idea of – I mean, we to, to give you an example, I don't necessarily like to jump on something unless I feel like I have a – either a, a reason for wanting to bring it up, like I, I want to stand on something, or it's something that I see that's proven. Um, so don't get it wrong that the reason that we're talking about it is us jumping the gun – because, I mean, technically there was a, a news article that we could have talked about this episode that I purposely avoided doing because I felt like there wasn't enough proof behind it and I felt that it was defamatory otherwise. It is something where we obviously see that something is done in the past and it's still being done. And it will probably be based on an educated guess based on what we've seen throughout the ages that this will be the case going forward. It is something that I've dealt with in my what I've, what I've, every job that I've had technically has always been that case is you see a pattern you deduce based on current formulas what the future formula will be 
and it has all those science. So it makes it worth talking. Plus, this is what we do here. We talk about random stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun thing to talk about. And as you pointed out, as Shudden Bakas has pointed out, as literally five other comments before you has pointed out, people want to hear about it. So if unfor- if it if it bothers you to, to hear us talk about it, just skip forward. It's fine. I, I, I hope that you listen to us talk about it. Um, but I do I do get that some people feel that it might be too early to really jump on the train. But as I stated, it's what we do, and plus we see signs. So thanks for the question, Michael. Though um, I, I think you jump in a lot in our our streams, and I appreciate you jumping in there as well. Havoc says thanks for answering my questions recently. I appreciate your responses and the time it took to answer them. Uh, now for the day's question, as someone who really is really over the fantasy isekai genre, I roll my eyes when I see a new uh, season seasonal charts. These days, disappearing. Uh, these days, uh, something has to really grab uh, grab me if it's in this genre. So, will there ever be a, sl- a steep decline in the future of dra- as drastic as Mecha disappeared? If so, uh, what do you? Th- when do you think? And if you don't think the genre will ever disappear, why? Thanks again from your fan, uh, friend, and loyal patron. Thank you so much, Havoc, and we definitely appreciate your patron. Um, now, uh, we literally have only five next season, and we've been going for quite a while with at least I think ten plus isekai shows. So. Not to say that this is a sign that things are going downhill for Isekai, but it technically shows at least there's a a calming. I would probably say that. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that you won't see a rise in Isekais again next year with like you know ten plus Isekais per season, but it does show that at least what's being adapted is kind of chilling out, which I think is a good thing because I think with most. You never really see a dramatic, like, suddenly on nowhere next season, no is no mecha. You see in a decline, or at least a settling, of not having a whole bunch of each season. And I think fall is a good sign. Not a good sign. It's just a sign for those that are... It's a good sign for those that don't like isekais. <laughs> that things are settling down, and we're going to get a different mixture of shows going forward. But... um I, I don't want to quite say it yet. Maybe maybe once we get in our preview of winter, I'll say if not. Actually, technically, spring would probably be the biggest sign. If by spring of next year, you don't see that incline back into, you know, 10-plus isekais a season, it's probably settling out. So I think I think you should be excited the fact that next season we only have, like, five isekais. <laughs> I was actually shocked by that. I, I totally forgot about that when we we're doing our preview. I'm like... Well, yeah, technically there's only five set guys. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> it, it's it, it's probably just a uh, an ebb, and then we're gonna get back up uh, in a in a season or two. But it it'll really depend on how much of a. I mean, we had an we've had an oversaturation recently. It'll be interesting to see if this this one is the 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 final crest, and then we're and we're completely going back down and. I, I hope not. I, I'm having fun with what we've been give, given lately. Um, I have not hit my fatigue yet, but it's not impossible that it might happen. But as it stands right now, I'm technically not uh, fatigued of them yet. It's funny because I'm not. I don't. I'm not technically fatigued. It. It's not. It's not as if I roll my eyes when I see any sekai. 
I only have the problem where when I'm watching Isekai, I get angry when I realize there's no reason for it to be Isekai. That's the only thing that gets me. Whenever I whenever I get to like four or five episodes in and I realize, oh yeah, that's right, this was an Isekai. They haven't talked about the fact that it's Isekai since literally the first ten minutes of the first episode. So why is this even an Isekai? Just make it a birth in this world. Like I mentioned with the, the Paladin show coming next season, that's literally a prime example of a sh- how you can do a fantasy show where... It doesn't have to be Sekai. I'm mean, granted there could be a point, like I joked in the preview podcast, there could be a point in which they realize that, oh yeah, by the way, the Paladin kid is any Sekai. He just doesn't remember it because he was too young. But it doesn't it, it literally allows for all the inserts you need without it having to be opened up with truck coon. <laughs> you're this there. And you have to be the have the world explained to you because you're you grew up and you had to discover the world um that's my only problem that i really have with these sekais anymore is i just like i don't i just don't see why it has to be any sekai there's no there's no explanations needed just be a fantasy show or whatever it well is. even even like uh jobless t- uh uh genius it, it's jobless it's reincarnation. jobless reincarnation it um i'm going off of the Oh well, we, I think we discussed that one time. Never mind. Um, <laughs> We're not going to go back to that discussion again. The Tensai. Even that one was kind of funny in the way that they did their um their thing. It gave him a reason to um to have his insecurities and then working through those insecurities. Now, the fascinating thought, I I almost halfway want to check out the the um the the original source material i think it was a light novel mm-hmm. um i think it would be fascinating to check that out to see how much common how much otaku commentary he was doing in in his head um because he has made references to certain things involved with um otaku culture like he'll talk about um uh the uh the princess girl and and how sundere she is so i i know that he's made reference references and like his his quote-unquote treasure um so i know he's made references to otaku culture i would love to know how much he does that in his head yeah yeah i don't know they sound like they were pretty out about them adapting the whole thing so i would assume that they're they're pretty heavy focus on the idea of it covering everything technically there's a lot of inner dialogue so it doesn't seem like they're shying away from it at all so Mm -hmm. but no I, i i do agree Technically, with the mecha, sh- the mecha series genre was, it was kind of shocking how that just disappeared. It wasn't a, because I, I could see Isekai shows just being around. Like, I don't see it just disappearing, but at the same time, I never thought that mecha would disappear. But I guess I can honestly say the difference between the two of them, the reason that I would assume that mecha disappeared is that it's very difficult to design build and animate mecha and it's not a case of even when they went to cgi i don't think even then it was enough that it was cheap enough to animate mecha mecha is just a whole different ball game when it comes to animation and whereas these set guys it, it's not like you need a you know a, a mechanical designer slash an animator that can animate mecha and all that kind of stuff it's just another show isekai not to, to discredit isekais but it's just a whole different ball game so i guess there's a reason why i can see mecha dropping off faster than something like isekai they're just they're just production wise a very different 
scenario. So I don't necessarily see Isekai just dropping off. I see it being something that probably five, at least five shows a season that you'll see popping up. Because again, you remember that there's literally, you know, 40 plus shows a season. It's not as if having five of them being Isekai is a big deal. So I would definitely reward that as more just kind of a dry spell of Mecha. Um, it, I, Mecha is a, a mainstay in the, the quote unquote, uh, fandom there. It's never going away. Um, just like Isekai, I think that one can be interchangeable with, with fantasy. Like we, we've talked about before over and over again. It's it, at this point, it, it's, it's almost irrelevant to say something is Isekai. It's just fantasy that just so happens to have a character from another world. So, and, and that, that it, you're never going to get away, get, get, get rid of fantasy. That is a mainstay in all, uh, uh, realms as far as entertainment is concerned. Uh, it was called down girls, to one, maybe two shows a year, a dry spell. I know that mecha is never going to disappear, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't even call it a dry spell. It's, 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 that's the way it is right now. So I, I mean, disappear in, in implies that it stopped altogether i i don't oh, see it stopped i mean we have what, one or two you're being too absolute with the word come on yeah i mean to ne- next next season we have what two yeah but this is the two that we've had in like a year yeah I, <laughs> what I, else I, you what other shows you talk I about mean, and that's why i would go with dry spell over i mean disappear is is you're is, being too absolute all right, so you're being too absolute. I, it's I, like saying I, that, I think that, 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 that club shows disappeared. <laughs> well, well no, every now and then there's a club show. It, that's that was my point. Is it's a it's a mainstay. It's not going away. It never will. Nothing and never will ever has. go away. That's like harem shows. I don't know where Dorm comes out and it's like, whoa, it's an etchy harem show. When the hell did that come out? <laughs> I haven't seen one of those since I don't know. Love Hina. Jeez. <laughs> but yeah, thanks Havoc for sending in the question. Definitely interesting. Interesting thing to think about, honestly. I guess our last one we'll do... Zachary jumps in and says, So, I am a relatively new anime watcher, about a year and a half now. About a couple months ago, I realized that I am starting to feel burned out and having trouble watching shows. I also listened to your new anime watcher's Redux uh, podcast to help out a while back, and it didn't help me out much. What should I do? Thank you. Thank you for the question. I don't know, Chris. What do you think? I, I think there is a problem with burnout. Um, I think that's one that always the things that I always kind of struggle with whenever we see people, uh, especially within a, the, uh, within a community, jump out and say, "Hey, I'm I'm new to anime. What shows should I watch?" And then suddenly they get like 50 million replies of everybody giving their top 10 list, and then they go, "Cool, I have all this great stuff to watch." And then you jump in there and you start. I think we technically talked about that in the um, the new to anime. The, the the you know introduction to anime kind of concept is it's scary the idea of throwing all the best of the best out to somebody because then they realize oh yeah by the way not every anime is the most amazing thing ever <laughs> they actually look at the current season and they're like wait this stuff isn't that great why isn't it as great as these other shows everybody told me to watch because of the greatest of all times um i don't know it, it's it's, it's it, i guess it's an aspect of pacing you don't have to jump in and watch every single show. Um, pacing yourself is probably very important. And if you don't pace yourself, you're pretty much going to do what everybody does in that, you know, magical three-year marker where they 
they've watched everything and they feel like everything that comes around the corner isn't as great as the the greatest they've watched and they they leave the the industry which i mean isn't a bad thing i mean if if you find yourself being bored with anime don't watch it <laughs> it's, it's just a hobby <laughs> it, but i mean i i do like the idea of people giving their all and, and enjoying what i enjoy but at the same time i don't expect them to enjoy everything that i enjoy just watch the market if something catches your attention watch it you don't have to complete okay, so here's the thing um watch the market see if something catches your attention and watch it if something doesn't catch your attention walk away from it don't force yourself to watch through every single thing don't be a completionist um just Look for what is enjoyable to you, and if it doesn't, if it's not enjoyable to you, just step away from it and move on to the next thing. And if nothing catches your attention, take a break, come back, look at, see what's out there. That's why we do our previews. That's why we do our reviews, so that people don't have to watch everything. They can just find something that sounds like something they'd be interested. In. We're obviously going to be positive about most stuff. That's what we've always done. But don't take that positivity that you have to watch everything that we watched. Just find something that sounds like, wow, that that's a cool concept. I'll check that out. Sounds like they liked it. It's a cool concept. Something that would be up my alley. Check it out. You don't have to watch everything. And honestly, don't finish everything if you don't need to. Yeah, I I, I absolutely agree. I, you definitely take take some time. I would I would be hesitant to say take a break because one of the biggest problems with taking a break is you never come back from your break. I'm it, not you, saying it's okay it, that you could walk away from anime and it, it is. Chris, I, you don't have to keep them in our fandom, Chris. No, it might we're my, losing somebody. Give him what <laughs> tackle him, tie him down. Another <laughs> shock. <laughs> shoves shoves some noragami down his throat. Uh no, it's it's I, I agree. It, it is one of, you, you can do whatever, whatever you want. I'm not, I'm not holding you down. I'm saying more along the lines of just, you're not going to leave. <laughs> like I, like I said with Andrew, take, like Andrew said, take your time. Um, just watch what interests you. Uh, just keep it more on a, on a more slower pace. So, so, you know, if, if you toss, toss a, a dub of, of one of the, uh, of Naruto here or there or something like that, just to keep it. Keep oh no, it. you're going to make him leave forever. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my point is more along the lines of just get that pacing down. You do not have to watch everything. Um, it's better that you take your time than to, to, I mean, I, 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 I admit I, I want my friends. I, I, I like having my friends around. I like being able to, to chat with, with people, um, on, on the forums or on, on the, on the threads or on the chat in, in YouTube. I like having my friends and I consider everybody who has listened and everybody who will listen in the future, my friends. Um, so I, while I'm not, I, I'm not going to sh- force you guys to watch stuff. I, I do miss a lot of, uh, I, it was fun to see Nyanta, uh, since they come back the other day, it was like, Hey man, I, I, I really have missed you. And he's, he, he says that he's been lurking for a long time. I, I technically lurk all the time, so I'm not, I'm not mad at that, <laughs> but yeah, take your time. Um, Ha- just just enjoy it. That's the whole point. It's an entertainment medium. We've talked about this over and over again. It's not something that you have to turn into a job. Um, we're doing this because we want to, and, and and that's it's a service that we want to provide our 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 fandom. Service too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't leave. Just take a break. Don't leave though. 
if you need to take a break, make sure to set 50 calendar reminders for an entire month to remind <laughs> you to come back. Because that's what happens. You leave for like two days and then you just never look back ever again. Wow, my life is so much better without watching anime. What is this thing called life? Ooh, grass. It feels good. Warm sun. No, Quebec. Anime awaits you. You need to watch Isekai number 5,549. Anyways, thanks for the question, Zachary. Help you figure out your groove for anime. So yeah, that's that 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 I think that'll be it. Um we've had plenty of fun discussion. Um Chris got heated. Hopefully it doesn't scare away anybody. <laughs> we got two more questions at Ocket. I think I have another one in my email, so I guess we can throw out another call out for people to get some more questions coming in. Otherwise we'll run out and then we'll be sad people. But um yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this episode, this discussional podcast episode. We talk about the news that seemed important to us. And uh, great question from my community members. Thank you again to Shudenbakas, Michael, uh, Havoc, and Zachary for the great questions. And again, reminder people, uh, follow us on – or subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, you have to, I have to do all the things. Smash the like buttons. Uh, hit the notification bells. Uh, subscribe. Uh, give your firstborn child. All that stuff for, for the YouTube channel. And um, follow us there so that you don't miss out on our live streams, as well as my coverage of the seasons as we go along and my episode-by-episode episode impressions. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I think I, – I, I keep wanting to say Chris will be streaming here, but I know that by the time I get the podcast up, Chris is done streaming. <laughs> mm-hmm. So just expect – so I'll say next week on Tuesday, make sure to time uh, tune in for – maybe Chris will be streaming. Um, but again, like I said, I think again Wednesday or Thursday evening – I will probably be doing the waifu tier list, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, good stuff. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. As always, uh, thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. We definitely appreciate everybody that supports us on Patreon, which includes Seismic Wolf, Jason, Marsh, Mark, Tyler, uh, Adrian, DeWalke, uh, Sakumbi, Theodore, Mulgren, uh, Sergio, Arlasso, Ferro, Saito, Yari, Ben O'Dreskel, Havoc, Toshi, CM0, John Bear, Jackal Geek, QB, Edward Hernandez, Rodney, Forehand, Kevin, Nauta, uh, I guess, I hope I'm saying these names right, uh, Hector Amaya Jr., Otaku12034, uh, smack you really want to bug him today, don't you? <laughs> Definitely want to push him off of my Patreon list, apparently. <laughs> Smackatosh, Jay-Z Meister, as well as Dave B, who recently joined us. Thank you, Dave B. But yeah, thanks everybody again. And uh, we definitely, at, besides Patreon supporters, definitely appreciate everybody who tells other people about us to help us grow. I think that's uh, equally as important. And as always, we thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoyed, and you all take care. Post. Post.